you you your country has your houses have to weather the weather the weather more severely than ours because that was my biggest mind blow about traveling to sweden was the bizarre crazy what do you call that do you call that weather like weather ah <laughs> is that what you call it weather we mean weather yeah but but is it weather the the day night cycle i guess is what i'm the weather's crazy but it's more the day night cycle you mean the daylight yeah so what that's called in english yeah that, that's phenomenal i'm always confused because i watch movies and they have this like coming from new zealand right the sun goes up at seven in the winter and six in the summer and goes down at Four or five in the winter, maybe, and like seven, eight, nine in the summer. Right. Is that right? So I'm completely buying into the storyline of like, you know, half of the day is night, half of the day is sun, thereabouts. The sun, it makes sense, is there when you need to go about your working or schooling life, when you need to get things done, and then it's night when you need to retire and go to sleep. I thought that was the case pretty much everywhere in the world. I didn't realize how much it varied until i heard about sweden and went to sweden because even watching and lived in sweden and and lived in sweden because even watching movies and reading books the characters never run into this <laughs> never run into a swedish predicament with the, the day just mm. running out or like yeah and you should explain it you were in sweden and you were shocked i grew up with it so i'm not shocked well the funny thing is like i tell the story but i, mean, I didn't really experience it that much from how bad i understand it gets or but you experienced the opposite because we were there in summer yeah and it was just daylight most of yeah it didn't get dark and i mean it literally did not get dark (laughs) that's crazy and then and apparently you have periods of time where it just doesn't get daylight in the north i'm from the Ah, south okay so we get a bit of daylight but not some things i want to ask you so when you (laughs) read books and movies, did you ever see the Swedish daylight cycle get represented in those stories? Because I think what astonishes me is that it was never even presented. And it seems like a great plot point. The idea that the sun... That it gets dark? Well... It's sort of not very easy to film a good movie in the dark, is it? I guess all movies, like the weather's always connected to the mood. Like rainy scenes are such a particular thing. And then scenes where it's getting... You know, as the day runs out, the stakes are going higher or there's pressure on the characters or like... Mm, there's one movie when we're children. Um, not Puppy Longstocking. The other one. Emily Lennabaya. And that's a scene in that movie. But that movie is like 60 years old, right? But there's a scene in that movie where they have to go on a horse and carriage to save a person's foot. And they do that in the dark. But there's also a storm, so it's not just dark. But that's probably the only movie. And is the fact that it the fact that it's dark it makes it that? harder for them to see with the horse? And is it and are they like <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to be sunny until a couple months? No, because it gets some sunny again in the morning, but not for very long. Yeah, but at the moment, the plot you've presented to me. Well, they're going like three in the afternoon, maybe, and it's just pitch uh, black, right? Yeah, and it's just hard to see the snow. And you could recognize that when in your swedish world you're like oh yeah that's what it's like was it confusing for you (laughs) coming to well how have you found the daylight here the daylight here is like in japan normal 
No, like I was very confused when I moved to Japan because it got dark and then it was warm. In Sweden, if it's dark oh. outside, it will never be warm because in the summer, the sun doesn't go down. You're... So then it's warm, right? Mm. And in the winter, it's not warm. But here and in Japan, you can be outside and same sort of in Italy and France. But you can be like outside at like 9 p.m. And it's dark, but it's warm. You're very educated, so you probably knew other uh, countries had a different day-night cycle to you. Yeah, because I went to Greece when I was five the first time. And can you remember realizing that at all? Yeah, because you have dinner later in Greece. So you have dinner at like eight, right? After you've slept and stuff and been to the beach. So yeah. But that was just part of the holiday, right? Is the fact that you went for dinner when it was dark outside. It was just sort of, and that it was warm and that you could wear a dress after 8 p.m. It was just sort of the romantic part of it. But is there any way she thinks we do better? <laughs> Are there ways? That's a funner question because my default is probably to assume New Zealand is better just from being from it because I've got more understanding of it. That's weird. But there are definitely ways Sweden's better. Like what? Well, I definitely think that... I think generally the education level is higher in Sweden from my experience there. Everyone I interact with on (laughs) the whole... I mean, now this is a political thing to say, but on the whole, the people I seem to interact with in Sweden are more educated. For whatever causes and conditions that is... University is free. (laughs) University being free and... You've said there's some, you mentioned previously, there's like a social stigma if you don't go to Yeah, university. most people go to university. Or like, yeah. Um, yeah, most people go to university. I guess my mom was the first one in her family to go to university, but she came from a poor family. But in my dad's family, for example, everyone went to university. Yeah, and they're all farmers. I may have been the first person, I think I was the first person to complete a university degree in my family. Hmm. In my generation. That's pretty cool. It's like my mom. Yeah. But a whole... The idea that my parents could have done that is like mind-boggling, just generation-wise. But your parents would have to pay for university, right? Oh, yes. I mean, I had to. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) This is ridiculous. Yeah, I still owe money. Yeah, and so then you get paid to go to university. Not a lot. But you yeah. get about $200 each month to pay for books and stuff. And then most people work or you get a loan whilst you study at university. But most people either do that and or work weekends. But I like work weekends. And because in Sweden you get double pay on the weekends, you can work only on the weekends and make as much money as if you're just working full time in the week. If you work mm. in a store or something. Well, those, I mean, you got a lot of different sort of... I don't know what what those categories come under, but your food is cheaper, your pay is higher. Our food is way cheaper. You got healthier food there. You got more abundant mm. food. Potatoes, potatoes are free in comparison to New Zealand. But given all and those, because there is there's okay, so there's heaps of perks to live in Sweden. <laughs> but the main the main well the main perk of being here in New Zealand, if you're choosing between them, seems to be the weather. Yeah. So the question is, is weather enough of a draw card that you would, if you had to live in one of these countries for the rest of your life? Because for me, the thing is like, all those things aside, like I think New Zealand probably is worse in in most (laughs) of those categories. 
Yeah, I'm but sitting here waterfalls. still likely. Yeah, we've got waterfalls. We have waterfalls And too, a lot of polluted no. water. <laughs> 60%. Yeah. Um, I'm, see, I'm still potentially... Well, see, I think it's fine now, right? But I think if I'm 60 years old, I'd probably prefer to live in Sweden because it'd be safer. Sure. Like you have the safety of health, good health care no matter what happens. And you, if you have children, you have the safety of society being safer and... Mm, although it's cold yeah but it's not as cold experientially right because the houses aren't cold in winter oh that's very true that's a great point so here in new zealand it feels really cold because you wake up and you're cold and you go outside and you're cold and you go into your car and you're cold because the car doesn't even have a heat and there's condensation coming into the house yeah and then you go to bed and you're cold but in sweden you're only cold when walking from your house to the car Mm. and then you go on the train and the train Mm. is heated and warm and then you go to school or work, and it's heated and warm. And then you go back home, and it's, yeah, it's like New Zealand summer and, inside. And you could give up the sunlight hours, too? Mm, I don't know. I really like the magicalness of Swedish summers when the sun doesn't go down. But what about that giant long <laughs> period of darkness months. where everyone gets depressed? Mm, well, that's. I think that's one of the reasons I don't live in Sweden. But then you're in Europe anyway, and you can just... Yeah, exactly, because you... I probably wouldn't want to live in either Sweden or New Zealand for the rest of my life. Mm. I was just interesting weighing it up because like potentially for that, it, obviously New Zealand would be a nice place to be in if mm. you had a lot of money. Exactly. But if you don't have a lot of money, it's pretty difficult living here because food is so expensive and you need a car. Whereas like in Sweden, I'd probably say it's easier to not have a lot of money because in Sweden you can get a lot of food for a lot cheaper and better quality food no one's really trying to cut corners on you it feels like no. new zealand people are trying to cut corners <laughs> like we'll sell you a cheaper car but you're getting ripped off yeah. we'll give you some here's your here's all these like you know bonus reduced to price food but it's just to make you buy more <laughs> yeah and it's not healthy food either so no. or like filling food yeah and then also there's not really a system here would take the bus you need a car and cars are expensive yes. and petrol is expensive so which is good though because of the environment but in Sweden, you could easily just take, like, in Sweden, most of my friends do not own a car mm. because they don't need to. And it's yes. just an excessive cost. It's easier for them to take the train than what it is to take, buy a car and keep the car and park the car and take the car. Do you think there's any other major significant factors in making this, comp- mm. now Now the podcast has become, which would you live in? And both of us aren't picking either. <laughs> but... <laughs> And I keep bringing up the weather. Do you think there's other, like, do you think there's any social? The social culture is pretty difficult in Sweden. Yeah. Do you like it better here? (laughs) I like it better in Sweden with people I don't know. Hmm. Right? So, like, at the supermarket or at the bus or in the grocery store, if you go to the cinema or with your neighbors, because you aren't aware that your neighbors exist. So that's the nice part. But then, like, making friends is really difficult. I mean, dating, I think, is difficult. I've never dated in Sweden, right? Like, I've never dated a Swedish guy. Because I just wouldn't know how to. So that's, like, weird. Because in other countries, you just meet people and talk to them. But in Sweden, it's very hard to meet people. And then, obviously, also... Because there seems to be some sort of social space there, which you just can't cross. That's what I'm reading off you. Yeah. Yeah. And then also you can't speak Swedish, so it would be very difficult for us to live in Sweden. Yes, and then you can't yet speak Tereo Māori. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
But I am studying. But yeah, but then do you feel like that void that you're speaking about there is fulfilled in this country? No. The culture here is very odd because the culture here is not very friendly either. Hmm. Or people... You'll be the first to say that. <laughs> yeah. No, our upstairs neighbors actually say that too. Oh, they're also European. Yeah. But people always say that Kiwi people are very friendly. And either, even my family who traveled here and like the, what, my married and aunt traveled here and like the, what, when was she oh, yes. alive? 60s? No. Like 90s probably, right? 80s, 90s. Somewhere around there. And she like knocked on a door and then she got to house at their like mansion for a week. Mm. Right? Mansioned? Mansion. Like their huge uh, house, right? With a pool and, yeah. you know. But I really don't think that's the case living here because I think most people in the grocery store, if you have a foreign accent, people are quite rude. Sure. And also, if you're young, people here also are quite rude to you. Like in Sweden, we aren't young to you. Like young people are treated with the same respect as old people. There also seems to be some female sex prejudice. Yeah. As well. Gender, probably, you should say. Gender. Yes, it is gender. Yeah. You're right. I definitely mean gender. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more difficult to be a woman here than in Sweden. Mm. Like in Sweden, if I tell people here that my sister plays soccer in Sweden, people go, although she's a girl, and... They say that in Sweden? No, they say that here. If uh, I tell people here that my hmm. sister plays soccer, they go, although she's a girl, she plays soccer. And I was the only girl in my class growing up for probably, well, all through high school, Mm. We were two people in the class who didn't play soccer and we both got bullied because we weren't cool. My favorite part about these conversations is because New Zealand prides itself. Well, there's a few funny things New Zealand prides itself <laughs> on, right? It prides itself on being green. Mm -hmm. Which it isn't. Which there's definitely <laughs> some wiggle room there when you... But, well, you compare to yeah. Sweden, right? Where everyone recycles. Like my granddad, who's 80 years old and who is really... Mm. <laughs> who drives the most expensive Volvo... And just uses petrol like there's no tomorrow, right? Yeah. But he still recycles. Like he still yeah. washes his milk carton well, to recycle it once a week. Like think, who does that here? I think that's the thing. New Zealand puts itself forward and has this global image. Like we're effectively what Sweden actually is. Yeah. Because all those, I don't know what you call them, norms and structures, words like these, behavior, the behavior of your country is actually aligned to what New Zealand is trying to be and putting itself forward to be, but is not. And it's very obvious when you go to Sweden or come over from Sweden and live here. Yeah, I think and especially like, when you you guys are supposed here. to be, well, equal. But yeah, and when you not. see like the culture of people, right? Because New mm. Zealand might have some good statistics, right? But then you mm. see like how the trash system actually works in the capital when you move here, right? And it isn't working, right? Because you walk down where we used to live, like in Blockhouse Bay, sure. right? You walk down the road and there's litter everywhere yeah in or Sweden, we don't litter the back of someone's house yeah which and it's is just, just a trash tra yard. yeah like, and literally that happened <laughs> <laughs> and people don't sort their recycling like it's a, it's a joke in sweden that if if you don't sort your recycling properly and someone sees you they'll tell you off well, they'll go hey yeah. you can't put plastic in the in the cardboard part the, whereas yeah. here like every neighbor we've had have put general rubbish in the recycling bin the culture is entirely different like i don't think the new zealand have this pressure about like we all the thing is is that climate change <laughs> is a very serious challenge mm. and threat and your country seems to take it well at least from my experience seems to take it more seriously than our country does and it becomes this weird thing because 
uh, gets into that uh, mentality of like, I don't know what that mentality is where you let people get away with things. The the classic example of this is like when someone tells a racist joke at a party mm. and the social rules are to let that person sort of get away with it. And everyone's kind of aware and they kind of frown and they're embarrassed about it. But it's too it. difficult to call them out. And that's the same thing with all these other like climate change matters more than anything. But the New Zealand culture is that same way of like, oh, we're kind of serious. But yeah. the social norm is, hey, don't, you know, people are saying. Don't make thing. a fuss about it, right? That's the whole New Zealand, like, yeah. oh, if someone doesn't get back to your email, don't follow it up because you don't want to be com- yes. confrontational. Yeah. Or if someone doesn't recycle properly, don't tell them because you'll be, don't yes. make a fuss about it. Who are you? Like, it's so people are so extremely and, yeah. unhappy being told what to do. Yet you have like a school system mm. where people sort of, for example, has to wear school uniforms, right? Like kids are being told what to do all the time. Oh, sure. Whereas in Sweden, kids can wear whatever the heck they want to school. Yeah. And we call the teachers by their name. Well, the funny thing is you have to, you can't create a podcast and not say that. Because if you're a New Zealander listening to this and you heard, wait, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, we wear a uniform. The idea yeah. that it's radical to you that we wear <laughs> uniforms. Yeah. No one will pick up on that. They yeah. won't. Or in my experience, I wouldn't have picked up on that. I would have gone. Wait, you're telling me that's a that's something to be considered? Yeah. Um, yeah, and the same thing happens with like veganism, right? Where it's like I think the I personally believe the ethics out there are really clear on it, but you know you get into the same social thing and people are like, eh, you know, it's up to each individual. And it's like, wait, there's other things which aren't up to each individual. And another point that illustrates that to me is just that your grandfather. Um, uh, I don't know <laughs> what the words are. But, you know, he called us up on using the car. Yeah. You know, obviously. On driving unnecessarily. Because yeah. in Sweden we talk about if you're going to drive, like if you're going to drive to school or to, no, no one drives to school. <laughs> no, if you're going to drive to your work, you stop on the grocery store on the way. You don't go to the store, then go home, and then to go to work and then go home. You sort of do it one all in one go to reduce how much you use the car. <laughs> what are the Kiwis going to do about the great New Zealand road trips? <laughs> like that's part of the culture we grow up with. It's yeah. like the freedom of having your car and getting to drive to your friend's house. But it'd be course, super cool if you could do that with an electric vehicle. Yeah, or public transport too. So it's a bit hard. but Yeah, because in Europe we do the Euro. I mean, I haven't, but a few of my friends have. And everyone in my parents' generation did the Euro train track. Because mm. what? It's like maybe... 500 bucks and you get like a train card for a month and mm. you can travel all around europe mm. and people used to people who do it are usually students with no money right so they just live on like motels and eat soup noodles no you don't even have soup noodles because food is cheap fruit and vegetables are cheap mm. in europe but yeah you can just travel around all around europe and it's very affordable or it's not very expensive whereas here you can only really drive around new zealand yeah. Because where else are you going to go Bali and then it'll be oh, sure, yeah. $2,000, right? People drive around guilt-free here. Yeah, they really do. People drive down to the dairy. There's just in this whole New Zealand suite. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we are banking on New Zealand. <laughs> but we have this. Oh, well, that's the other. New Zealand might have versions like this. I'm not sure what they are. But you guys, of course, feed your children. Yeah. You don't feed your children? (laughs) Not in school, I don't believe. Oh, yes, you don't have free food. We have this classic image, just because you mentioned the noodles, but like Mm. there's this classic image of kids going to school with like two-minute noodles and eating them dry. Yeah, that's just horrible because then how is your brain going to work, right? 
Like that's just sugar. <laughs> yeah. Like as white flour turns into sugar in the body, pretty much. Well, also you're probably just hungry. Too. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that so if I that would be a snack, right? You can yeah. have that as a snack if you're going on a. I don't. You shouldn't have that snack because it's unhealthy. But to say that that's a meal is ridiculous. And then use your brain when you're developing. Like in Sweden, we get school food, and it's not necessarily the best food. But yeah, what's in that the, lunchbox? Well, normally it's just here. Oh, yeah. You tell me what you uh, had in your in your lunchbox going to school. Well, we didn't have lunchbox. We get food in school. Oh, well, then what were you eating? Well, so you bring an apple or a pear or a clementine, depending on the season. Yeah, we might have a so clementine. You, so you get a fruit at nine. You have fruit at nine, sort of thing, and then you have lunch at eleven or twelve, and then it's usually a grain or like a carb, like pasta, and then. It used to be meat. Now they're trying to be more vegetarian. And then there's like a salad bar. Mm. Um, this sounds super fancy. It's not like a That's fancy a salad, salad No, It's like a Subway <laughs> salad bar. Like it's not. There's no like. It's like iceberg lettuce and corn sort of mm. thing. Yeah. And then there's normally hard bread. Like we eat hard bread. You don't have that here. Which is like crispy Crisp bread that's just hard. Uh, yeah. I know the name uh, of that, don't I? Something broad. Knicke bread. Knicke bread. Yeah. So we get that normally is what we eat. Uh, and sometimes there's like lasagna, but for a lot of kids, that's the, for, for kids who come from less fortunate families, that's like the main meal of the day. So it's really important for them. And it's really important for society to feed children through school. So yeah, it's crazy to me, like in here and in the U S how people eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich yeah. for lunch. And then they so go maybe to school some for, biscuits yeah, and, and then they go to school rat, for eight hours. Film rat, whatever you call it. And how on earth is your brain going to work? I remember getting like. Well, we used to have an ad. There was a cereal which, like, advertised stop your kids from getting dizzy. <laughs> like, really? You're like, well, which is hilarious, right? But this was the premise of the ad, which yeah. it was like, we're getting to this time in the day. Like, it's getting to 1 p.m. and your kid can't focus because they're getting the, like, they call it, like, the afternoon fuzzies or something. Yeah. Like, but oh. that just means so, you don't eat them. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a hilarious thing. So the premise was like, eat this cereal and it'll stop you from getting the afternoon fuzzies. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, in, in the educated modern day world, it's like, wait, why is our, why are our kids feeling like they're going to faint halfway through school? <laughs> Which is terrible because I remember when I was a teenager, it was like, again, because we're in Sweden, right? When you're a teenager, it's cool not to like the school food. Ah. You're like, oh, it's so gross. I'm not going to eat it. So then you just sort of ate. A little bit, and then we were just starving unless we had, what do you call that class? Like home education class or whatever? When you cook, you learn oh, yes. how to cook for yourself? Yeah. Unless we had that class, right? That was the best because then we would cook something for ourselves and it would be amazing. Yeah, right. But so that was pretty hard because I remember being hungry all the time as a teenager because it was too cool. It was like not cool to like the food. But did like, you, yeah. Did you have, because of the other strong New Zealand cultural thing is it's very cultural to after you finish school. <laughs> To go buy, well, you're probably buying lollies or an ice block or a can of soda. Maybe you get a pie as you get a bit older. Mm-hmm. We don't have pies. That's where you're getting, like, but you do that pretty notoriously going home from school at the dairy. Did did you have anything like well, that? I only did that from, like, the age of, like, maybe 11, mm. 12. Um, but I only did that when I was with my friends who lived in the town mm. because I grew up on a farm, right? So... There's no dairy I could pass. Sure. Um, so I would go to after school until my parents could pick me up, whereas my friends who lived in the town could walk just home. So Sweden versus New Zealand, mm. there's some... Um, New Zealand definitely 
needs to fulfill on some of its promises more. But yeah, and I think also the difference is that, like, if you say to a New Zealand person, everyone here asks me, like, oh, do you love New Zealand? And I go, mm. no, there's quite, like, there's quite a few problems here. Like, I see racism probably Oh, she's being every- a bit fussy. <laughs> <laughs> she's being fussy. <laughs> like, I see racism every day, and I see people screaming at their kids, and I see people littering, like, probably once a week, and... People get really offended when I say that. When I say to like yeah. other people, mm. oh, hey, I see racism in your country. They're like, oh, but it's not a problem sort of thing. Or like, how about the waterfalls? Don't you love our fucking waterfalls? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, your waterfalls are great. But surely humans are more important, like in that sense that how people feel. And I think in Sweden, we have a lot of problems, too. Like we also have racism, but it's something we talk about. And we're aware of it. And we talk about like racism was discussed. I mean, my family, both my parents worked specifically with immigrants, but it was discussed from like the first day I was born. But even in school, it was discussed from maybe not when I was five. As in discussion. Yeah, like it was discussed in school with the teachers, like facilitating healthy discussion sort of thing from like the age of probably seven. It's something like my sister who's a teenager talks about with her friends. And Mm. it's something like... Every the things day. your sister posts on social media are incredibly up to the minute with yeah. being involved in conversations that my parents would have gone, oh, they're too young to be thinking about that. Mm. Yeah, because like here, all my friends in Sweden post every time something happens in Sweden that isn't that isn't nice. Like, for example, something racist happened today in Sweden. We've had some issues with um, violence against women. And one of the political party leaders said this is an imported problem, mm. right? And he's notorious for being stupid. Um, but And everyone is becoming very angry because statistics say that we know that sexual violence or violence towards women is not an imported issue in Sweden. It's, it's a, I think statistically it's a bigger issue among Swedish men than immigrant. Uh, sorry, I'm not sure what you said. Well, sex violence towards women is not an imported problem in Sweden. Oh, not imported. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you said important. Im- oh, no. Imported. No, he said it's an imported. It imported. is an imported. He said that. The racist ah. political leader said it was an imported oh. problem. But clearly, we know statistically that it's not. So he just ah. made up. He just made this up, right? Because yes. he's a, the racist party leader and he wants racists to follow him. And everyone gets really angry, right? And we're talking about it. Whereas here, things are happening all the time. Uh, But no one ever talks about it. Like, there are never conversations in my job about racism. There's never conversations in the... Like, I never overhear people at a cafe talking about how the political parties are not doing well enough. Like, people just really don't want to talk about the problems here. I think it's super fascinating because, like... And you'll know a little bit being in a relationship with me. Like, I think the only important conversations are where we want to go. Like, Mm. our personal feelings don't really come into the question, the important question, which is pertaining as long as there's people out there who suffer, which is, well, how do we move forward? And it's really interesting when you get a culture that doesn't want to talk about ideas, because then how do you move forward? And it's interesting because, you know, I don't know why I think part of it that I see, because there's probably heaps of reasons why part of what I see is I think the education level, again, like this is what I was saying when I like Sweden, I think the education level is too low. So when a conversation comes up in a room, people can't interact with it because they're not educated enough to interact with it. And then that becomes part of the culture, which doesn't have the conversations. And then the other thing that I'm weirdly aware of is that 
there's like quite a few, I believe there's quite a few conspiracies. Like I've had a few friends who have worked in different government positions who have just said the stats on certain things are just appalling and they're being hidden. like, yeah, they've, and they've worked deliberately. In, hidden. Yeah. They've worked in the positions to deliberately conceal these things or good, put good press out there. Like we're pretty, it feel, I mean, like I don't know this at all, but it feels pretty fresh that people are cluing themselves up on how terrible the water. Well, there's, there's mm. a lot of really significant issues and challenges in New Zealand regarding that needs to be addressed yeah. sort of now, right? Like, and people are like, "Oh, we have a plan to address this. We have a plan to address the water. We have a plan to address the racism." Yeah, but right. it's yeah. sort of like a fifty-year plan that's never going to start. Yeah, and then then there's not real answers, and there's like a housing crisis, but there's oh, not. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, there might be people who work in those positions who know more about it, but I'm also aware that there is some intentional concealing of, yeah of how bad some situations are yeah so that's crazy especially in comparison to your country well i just think it's important that you have to talk about it right like you can't not we can't only be the educated people who talk about it right everyone has Mm -hmm. to talk about these issues and you have to be able to talk about it with everyone but i think maybe that's also the culture here like if you're young right you can't have an opinion next to an adult because they Mm. know better and it's like no that has nothing to do with age it has to do with education and experience yeah i think it's fascinating because i'm sure that we've like it wouldn't surprise me that we've inherited that culture from our ancestors this whole like hierarchy and parents Mm. like just thinking of probably the culture new zealand how immigrants coming in and forming it but it's real there's some very interesting questions about what culture we want new zealand to be today which doesn't seem to get discussed that much yeah, I mean, there's there's always these cultures. There seems to be one another culture that I could identify, which is yeah, people not wanting to stand up for causes or do what's right sometimes, or thinking mm. that there's some like yeah. I mean, I'm always talking to you about how I think ethics are something you can pretty much work out, and it's obvious how we want to behave in some situations. But then sometimes we're really light on committing to those values that we identify. And there seems to be some miscellaneous thing that happens with cultures. We're like, well, what do we want? What What's the New Zealand way of doing things? And it's like, personally, I'm so less interested in that. I'm just interested in what ethical models and understandings we can do to make the world better for everyone. And I think there's some obvious answers, which... Yeah, like we, what we can do, implement now, rather than yeah, looking Yeah, and back. that gets lost in the ambiguity of like, oh, you know, but oh, New, is that New Zealand? Mm. Not that that's quite where it gets lost, but somewhere in there. Um, and you made me think of something else, but I can't remember it. I'm hungry. Oh, yeah, and then there's like... Oh, just one other thing you said as well is like... Yeah, and then that ambiguity mixes um, meeting how we hold ourselves personally accountable to just live as compassionately as we know we should. Because sometimes we're like, oh, this is ambiguous how I should behave here. I'll go with yelling at my children mm-hmm. and it's like but if you hold yourself accountable to living compassionately it's, i i believe that it becomes quite clear pretty quickly that you don't want to yell at your children it's very simple isn't it or like it's when i was a teenager with this quote on pinterest right that was like what if everything you ever said got tattooed on your body and that's just very funny right because that's such a simple yes. thing that made me think of what what i said when i was like 13 right but that is literally what you're saying right that if 
if everything you ever said to your children or to people around you were tattooed on your body, would you speak the way you do? Well, that's what I think is that because even like little thought experiments, not that it's a thought experiment, but little thought experiments like that make behavior and conduct so obvious, but we still seem to like get lost in like, <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. It's like, yeah, sure that or like treat other people how you want to be treated. Even if they're not perfect, there's a million of these ways which really question how we behave moment to moment <laughs> and it's bizarre that now i'm getting we... the fussies <laughs> <laughs> okay then i'm so hungry how do we end it do you just cut cut it no we just say that we're ending it okay then great conversation really loved it yeah yeah it was you can sort of give it a end a yeah spiel, it was interesting starting off sweden <laughs> or new zealand We'll probably be going somewhere else at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But was there any place you wanted to go when you were little? Like, when you were a little kid growing up in New Zealand, was there anywhere like, oh, I want to grow up and live in? Well, I never actually thought I'd... I don't think I ever thought I would be living in here for the rest of my life. Because, you know, like, I want to grow up and be an astronaut. Did you think I want to grow up and live in... I think I... I don't know how young I was when I did this, but I do... I, I mean, I've done it multiple times, created lists of places which um <laughs> best serve humans flourishing but what was like the, your, your dream when you me. were a kid that has nothing to do about like reality or logistics i don't think any place had any oh you didn't want to go anywhere when you were little not that wasn't just like not not a country no country had any particular Allure. not yeah. even the u.s no hmm. I, I think i dreamed of like lifestyles you know like living in a cabin somewhere but i don't think a country necessarily offered that Hmm. and then so i think that's why i'm saying that human flourishing thing because i think the next time i looked at i was like oh here's a list of (laughs) (laughs) the scandinavian countries which are doing really well i was like that might as be that would make sense yeah but not denmark they're not very vegan friendly (laughs) yeah norway or yeah yeah norway that's nice but you can't speak norwegian either no, but you will be able to. <laughs> no, but we can speak Swedish to the Norwegian people. Yeah.